Welcome and thank you for joining us on the first of our series, Great Fund Insights, Opportunities in Alternative Investments. I'm Kumar Jaffer, a counsel in our funds and asset management practice in the Middle East. In this episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by Yin Mei Lok, my partner based in Singapore, to spotlight opportunities in Southeast Asia. This podcast will be of interest to sovereign wealth funds, institutional investors, family offices, fund managers, and portfolio companies with a focus on Southeast Asia. Yin Mei advises fund managers on the structuring, formation, and marketing of private investment funds, as well as institutional investors investing into funds, co-investments, and direct investments. She has considerable experience in sectors such as real estate, including REITs, infrastructure, and natural resources. Yin Mei can provide insights from both the manager and the investor perspective. Yin Mei, thank you for joining. It's wonderful to have you. We're seeing a lot of interest in Southeast Asia from large established fund managers as well as institutional investors. What are the fundraising trends you have seen since the onset of COVID-19 in Southeast Asia? How have the managers navigated the challenges of COVID-19 and the transition to a virtual fundraising process? Yeah, happy to be on, uh, Karma. Uh, so what we've seen uh, over the last uh, 11 months, you know, managers with a track record of delivering have continued to do very well. The benefit, I guess, of experience and having been around is that even though there is the inability to travel, this has not impeded the fund manager's ability to reach out to investors who know them to attract them to invest and to raise funds. In fact, many of the larger fund management groups also have physical representation on the ground in the major financial centers, and this has helped in the capital raising process. Of course, what we've seen is that the key issue is diligence on seed assets. We had an interesting situation where at the height of uncertainty surrounding the manner of transmission of COVID at the beginning of the year and before the recommendation to wear masks became widespread, one of our clients had to host potential investors to a site visit. So staff at the site were understandably hesitant to meet investors. So the fund manager had to improvise, right? They got separate cars, one for the investors, one for the staff on the ground. They had, you know, phone conferencing facilities so that communication would be over the phone or video instead of in person. And this enabled the the site visit to go ahead. But notwithstanding the difficulties posed by the pandemic, especially at the height of COVID when it was very uncertain, investors did come in strongly and the fund manager in question had the unenviable but happy task of trying to limit allocations. So my take of it is that for a compelling proposition, you are going to see fund managers able to raise significant funds, even in this climate. This echoes the fact that the institutional investor appetite remains undiminished for alternative investments. What are the investment strategies and opportunities that investors are focusing on in Southeast Asia? That's an interesting question. We have seen interest in investments in funds with investment mandates across a wide variety of asset classes. Of course, the areas that attracted strong interest before COVID continue to do so. Technology, real estate, renewables, hedge funds. But however, with the pandemic, there has been an increased interest in areas that either benefit from the new normal, such as funds focused on data centers, technology, technology platforms, biomedical pharma, advanced materials. But we're also seeing funds that are being set up 
to capitalize on investing in industries that have been hard hit by the pandemic. So you will see hospitality funds and travel-related industries tapping as an asset class for which funds become focused on. I too am hearing quite a lot about technology, as you mentioned, uh, data, e-commerce, digitalization in Southeast Asia. Are there any specific markets that are of interest, uh, for example, Vietnam, Philippines, etc.? Southeast Asia is, is a very diverse region. I mean, you would have read overnight that after many years, the regional economic bloc has finally signed a treaty, RCEP. And the market dynamics, the micro and macroeconomic factors in each country are, are very different. So the investment thesis is going to depend, in my view, on the asset class, the size of the domestic market, who the GP or the fund manager is, whether there are attractive downstream investment opportunities, and of course, the ability to exit. You know, sort of looking at the, the past couple of years, and even now in this COVID climate, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam, Singapore, all get their fair share of money. And, and I'm pretty sure will continue to draw interest, especially after the, the signing of MISA. And you mentioned the agreement that has been reached in Southeast Asia. Globally, we've also had the US elections earlier this month in November 2020. What are your thoughts on the impact of the escalating geopolitical tensions on, on regional funds? So, for example, the US-China trade relations? Well, I think that the trade discussions between U.S. and China have gone on, right, for a while, right? I mean, through several administrations, it became a large focus with the current administration. There have been, since then, some very explicit outcomes, right, in, in terms of what these discussions have done. And a lot of this would have been baked into valuations already, so the market is quite sophisticated and efficient, right? And it reacts accordingly to the news, right, of where the discussions are, what the outcomes are. And markets and industries will always see some volatility. So unless you're a hedge fund, other funds, you know, generally take a longer range view and are driven by the fundamentals of the market, the domestic situation, the industry and the investing company. And we're seeing also quite a bit in terms of market research indicating that fees are a particular area of concern in the Asia-Pac region. What are the areas that you're seeing the investors and focusing on when they're in their discussions with managers? Is there a shift in terms of economic and fund terms in favor of the investors? Yeah, again, I think it depends on the sponsor, the general partner, the track record, the type of asset class, the type of returns, the length of the fund. Quite hard to sort of generalize across the funds. I mean, I've been quite fortunate in the sense that a lot of the managers that we help don't appear to be coming under pressure. So, I mean, they've been able to continue to raise funds. They haven't been required to move their fees. So, and I think it's hard to generalize across the board. In other parts of the world, we've seen that the market uncertainty has, has prompted a lot of creativity amongst the managers. What are you seeing in terms of the models that are being used to attract investors' interests? So, for example, whether it be co-investments or separate managed accounts, are you seeing those being used more in Southeast Asia? Yeah. So we are seeing separate managed accounts 
co-investments, the use of equity bridge financing. In Singapore, we're seeing quite a fair bit of the use of variable capital companies, which, which is a new type of fund vehicle that was launched earlier recently. We're also seeing that COVID has given rise to concerns about foreign investment, antitrust, and there is now emphasis to ensure fund structuring takes these uh, issues into account. And turning on to the secondary space, what are you seeing happening in that space? Yeah, we had an interesting experience where during COVID, some investors could not get their paperwork in time to a specified closing date. And we saw the major investors and the sponsor agreeing to commit more in terms of new monies and then sell down their holdings, portion of their, their commitments to investors who could not make the deadline. We've also seen funding failures or change investment mandate of investors into the fund. And so the the market in this area, right, for secondaries has, has been quite exciting. Another area that's quite topical at the moment is environmental, social and governance. It's being more widely adopted. Do you expect to see any further emphasis on this? Yes, definitely. I think if you take, for example, data centers, the energy requirements are significant. And, and data centers in, in this climate where everybody's working from home, um, people are moving to, to online communications, shopping. So the need for data centers, especially sort of hyper cloud, uh, hyperscale data centers is very large. And a renewable energy solution for a data center is absolutely going to attract significant interest right, if, if you're a data center fund. So definitely ESG is something that investors will focus on. And looking to the future, I mean, what is your outlook for 2021? I am an optimist. So 2021 looks pretty good to me. <laughs> for me, there are three key takeaways. One is that despite the travel restrictions limiting the ability to carry out on-site visits, managers are adapting their processes in order to continue to fundraise. Two is that there are significant growth opportunities in Southeast Asia, and we're seeing a lot of interest in technology and healthcare, but also funds that are being established to capitalize on industries that are hard hit by COVID-19, for example, hospitality. So three is that Southeast Asia is a very diverse region and it's important to be able to navigate through the different market dynamics, economic environments, legal and regulatory frameworks, and ensure that the appropriate structure and terms are negotiated. Thank you for listening and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you.